0: I have just been to a conference on shaping Canberra's transport future. Autonomous vehicles were a major issue. Now, planners have a series of theories and ideas about how autonomous vehicles will impact the way we travel. But what do the car companies think? Automobile manufacturers have a clear image of pleasing the customer with the new technology, which is quite understandable, but they also have some ideas about just how autonomous vehicles will operate on the road. Richard Emery is the CEO of Nissan Australia, and he is very optimistic about AV vehicles. We appreciate the time he has given the program. Thanks, David. Now, you have an idea that the technology can be applied very, uh, in very uh, clever ways. For example, not just holding people to speed limits, but perhaps being able to pick more speed limits for what people want?
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, obviously everyone, whether it be consumers and and, and car companies, are excited about the opportunities with uh, more technology uh, and and obviously driving us towards uh, autonomous or various levels of autonomous drive with with the vehicles that we we use on a daily basis. Uh, And certainly the technologies, and and this is a good example, we've been investing uh, a lot of money in in autonomous drive and the technologies uh, at the various levels Uh, And look, from our perspective, we talk internally around heading towards an environment where you have uh, zero fatalities and zero emissions. So those two factors are key drivers in the technologies that we we invest in. I think people's perceptions of autonomous drive, or let's call it driverless cars, which some people like to use the term of, is exciting for many people. I think what uh, occasionally is lost is the understanding of what that really does mean, in terms of uh, the daily commute or, or the driving environment that we deal with because uh, obviously car companies have got to the point with the technologies that we're all pretty confident that we can deliver cars that do all the things we need them to do to, to fulfil uh, autonomous drive at the various levels. But whether society, whether the, the transport systems, the roads are ready for that level of automation i think is the challenge for for whether it be australia or any other country around the world
0: that's a lovely point let me take that up in a couple of ways how do you think it will change people's attitude to the car do you think that we will move away clearly from us old if i may say this on my own behalf an old guy who loved driving to a different attitude altogether
1: Look, I think that is going to be up to how the car companies and how the technologies are delivered to the consumer. I would say from Nissan's perspective, we see the opportunities for autonomous drive technologies as being tools to allow people to enjoy and get more out of their driving experience than simply turning it into a, a white box that is used for commuter uh, distances. And I think there'll be different directions from various car companies and various government instrumentalities about how it's adopted. I think from Nissan's perspective, uh, I kind of half agree with you. and uh, I think we agree with you is that we want to use these technologies to allow your driving experience with your, your Nissan product to be more exciting and to some extent safer and, of course, uh, easier rather than it taking complete driving capacity away from the the owner. There'll be other markets and there'll be cities and there'll be governments who will see autonomous drive as the opportunity to just have a four-wheeled product deliver you from A to B. That's certainly not Nissan's attitude. Nissan's attitude is we can use all of these technologies and, and autonomous drive elements
0: to assist your driving experience and to make your driving experience more exciting. You might compartmentalise that more then, that when the car's in the city, then it it goes on its own, but you might go out and enjoy it in other locations, be it a country drive or perhaps a club day on a race circuit. Is that the sort of variation? That's absolutely true,
1: that in there'll be environments when you're driving your car that you just want to let the car do the mundane things, you want to call that, like crawling through the city CBD traffic or or on a set piece of freeway, you might say, well, here's the opportunity for me to allow the car to take control of the circumstances and therefore I can enjoy the drive more than stopping and going and doing all those sorts of things. But then you might want the, the opportunity outside of that in other environments, where you want to enjoy your drive and you want to take more control. So I think, I think from our perspective, that's the direction that Nissan uh, takes, and that is we want to use these technologies to improve your enjoyment and to imp- improve your capacity to navigate traffic or whatever else in a comfortable way. So you don't want vehicles to become white goods, do you? Well, I don't think any car company um, wants to, to to have see cars become a white good. Car purchases are an emotional thing. In most cases, they're an emotional choice. Uh, and that is, you know, you, 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 the reason there is 65 brands and over 400 models on the market in Australia uh, and, and to some extent around the world is because individuals have different expectations for their car and how their car makes them feel and what the car does for them. And, and of course, from from any brand's perspective, we want to maintain that emotional connection with our owners to say you feel the reason you purchase a a GDR is very different to how you would purchase a a Navara or an SUV because what you want from that vehicle and what you want to do and feel in that vehicle are always going to be different depending on who you are. So uh, I think introducing autonomous drive technologies to allow you to use whatever car you choose to have for the best purposes you want them to is the right thing to do. And you're right. If simply cars become a uh, commuter tool, a white good, as you call it, uh, on four wheels, then then yes, they become very much a rational decision, a rational choice. Uh, and then you simply don't need 65 brands selling different types of cars with different visual appeal, different specification, different colours for that matter that becomes less of a factor. And I don't think, uh, from from Nissan's perspective, that's certainly not the attitude we take.
0: Horses for courses, though, really, isn't it? That might we then go to ownership models that allow more variation? The local go-get being able to hire the the small commuter to get in to to parking areas when you need it or the utility if you have something to move to do you think we will go to separate or different types of models of how you might access the car you need at the time
1: yeah look i think your your comment there about horses for courses is very accurate uh we use a term Internally, that you know we, we want to be a mobility deliverer for our owners, so from 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 our customers, so that mobility might take different paths depending on the, where they are in a, in a working week or, or or a weekend. So they might have a particular product from us, like a, a leaf, Leaf electric Leaf with strong autonomy specification in it, and that by, might be their commuter vehicle, which does certain things for their uh, their week. Uh, at work hmm. but then they might have let's say they might have a 370z for their weekends or they might have an suv because they want to go away with their family for the weekend so in terms of us being mobility partners with our consume with our customers is certainly uh, one of the directions that, that nissan has an attitude towards
0: they might have or they might have access to they might not necessarily have to own it Sure, sure. How
1: people uh, interact and have access to, to, to vehicles in the future, that, that certainly will also uh, have, uh, I think, a revolution over the next 10 to 15 years as well. You know, Australians are a little bit different to even the rest of the world today where it's the same with house ownership and car ownership. Then you know, people still have a view that they need to own their car or own their house. Um, you know, the market uh, in Australia is still driven by... Uh, a car is $30,000 or a car is $20,000. As you would know, in many markets around the world, people don't effectively ever buy a car as such. They might have some sort of uh, structure where they pay a monthly um, finance structure where they buy the car effectively uh, the monthly fee or a weekly fee for that matter. So I think you're going to see more flexibility in the ownership of a physical piece of uh, product, whether it be a car or whatever else. And I think that flexibility in ownership will be linked to how people use their cars in the future and what sort of vehicles they use for their daily mobility and what they might use for their their family weekends or whatever else.
0: Do you think this will change the type of cars significantly? Do you think we will see a revolution in the design of vehicles, not just in terms of autonomy, but what they look like and what's inside them and how that space is used?
1: Uh, look, I wouldn't say a revolution. I think if you were to look at the car over the last uh, 100 years, it's come a long way, and, it, and it's come a long way gradually. Um, but then you look back 10 years ago, and the car's changed significantly in the last 10 years as well. So it, it's one industry that is continuing, continually moving on and continually improving. I think as you, as we move towards more um, a, a change in the type of engine towards electric and other other methodologies and certainly some of the autonomous drive factors where some of the controls, the steering wheels and pedals and things like that, you, you might find that, yes, the, the interior of the cars change uh, a little bit. Uh, probably that's where the biggest change will happen, I think, in the interior of the car as some of these technologies come into place. But I wouldn't call it a revolution. I, I think the industry's always been on the move, has always been moving forward year on year. So I don't think you'll see a revolution uh, any more than you have in the last 100 years with the motor car.
0: Things like the fuel cell means that we may not have to have such a big lump of an engine and up the front of a car is there a possibility that by being able to spread that power source throughout the vehicle, I mean, underneath and so on, that we we yep. might be able to do away with the bull-nose look that we have often associated with vehicles?
1: Yeah, look, there is potential for that, but I think that's been already a gradual move. I mean, if you were to look at a typical family car of the 70s, it had a big bump because it had a big big engine and, and big space in the front, you've already seen that nose reduce in size, if you want to call it that, to the point where you know some of the engines are set back even further into into the cabin. So no, I think that's still a gradual move. But yes, yeah, certainly the smaller you can make the engine components and the the ability for you to move those engine components around the car and not necessarily be all necessarily out the front. Uh, in front of the dashboard, then of course you then provide access uh,
0: for that space to be used for something else. But perhaps a gradual change as well. But not just talking about cars as the, the individual mobility. You talked about mobility in general, two things. Well, the first is the idea of a carrying A number of passengers uh, uh, the the sort of vehicle I I would use the word bus but I'm not talking about 60 people I'm talking maybe a pod of you know five to ten is there a range of vehicles like that that vehicle manufacturers might well move into in the future
1: oh they may well Um, uh, obviously individual car companies will be looking at different opportunities and I think it also depends on the geography I mean um, Australia is a good example of uh, probably a country where it's going to be difficult to derive capacity and economies of scale for the sorts of autonomous uh, drive routes uh, for small, as you say, small, not small buses, but mm. but, but pods, if you want to call it that. Um, I think the more heavily populated, shorter distance markets around the world are probably going to, you're probably going to see trials of that uh, in the next five to 10 years because Australians live over a larger Space. I mean, uh, a city like Melbourne is spread out over a, a huge uh, space, uh, w- which means the ability for you to have, you know, 10 people leaving from your street going to a specific space is, is unusual, uh, whereas that probably happens more in Higher density cities in Asia and in Europe. So I think that's going to be slower for adoption in Australia than it is in other markets. But no doubt there'll be there'll be opportunities in some high density, uh, high volume um, cities around the world to, to have fixed route vehicles moving. Uh, uh, so you know, no need to have less, necessarily lots of 40 seat buses, but you might have you know five to six to even eight seat um, uh, vehicles moving people between a and b
0: yeah maybe not door to door but still on a traditional transit notion of a corridor and perhaps where people may have to change a bit but if the thing's happening very regularly and cheaply because it's autonomous we may be able to do it yes freight is also you do sell vans and things um i know there are a lot of utes around but i think I'm not quite sure that's to do with freight, but is yep. that is that another area that car companies might be looking at? I think any area where there is a fixed route. So if there is a, a fixed route where a vehicle
1: or, or something has to happen on a fixed route every day or at, a, a, at fixed time points, uh, I think that's where you'll see uh, opportunity for, for autonomous or more autonomy in the way that vehicle is controlled between uh, its various stops or between its its A and B uh, journey. Um, so, yes, where, anything where you've got constant fixed route uh, activity, um, then, then clearly that provides a great opportunity for some of the elements or some of the various levels of autonomous drive.
0: Well, the other thing about that is that if it were purely freight, you might well be able to remove the the, the need for a driver, which totally changes the need for safety within the vehicle, certainly safety for what the vehicle could do is still paramount, but within the vehicle we wouldn't need as much safety devices, airbags or that, if you don't have any people in the vehicle.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, I, think, I think that's one of the comments I made earlier, is that uh, I'm not sure that the general public understand the implications for moving to to the highest level of autonomous drive. Although it looks exciting on paper and some of the implications, uh, and that's a good example of uh, one of the implications for it, that if you have an autonomous vehicle that may not need any person or any passenger uh, on board, then it's requirements from a safety perspective uh, are reduced. Of course, it still needs to have some of the elements that any car company has to work with at the moment around pedestrian uh, Mm. safety uh, and things like that. So there's there's always going to be elements that that need to be incorporated. Some of the implications for for full autonomous drive, uh, I I think uh, a lot of people within society need to uh, consider some of those implications that probably aren't front of mind. And I think you and I have discussed before the need for speed limits. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you have autonomous vehicles on a, on a piece of highway, then you don't really need to impose a speed limit because yeah. the autonomous drive systems are as effective or can be as, as effective at 60 kilometres an hour as at 200 kilometres an hour. But then, of course, uh, you have to consider the fact that there'll be other vehicles on that piece of road that are not autonomous. So uh, yes. it, it will be a lot of things for us to consider as a society.
0: So I'll finish on that timetable. Do, what What do you think we'll see? What, what? How quickly, I guess, how progressively quickly will this happen?
1: Look, I, I would tell you that the car companies are very much advanced Uh, so in fact the technologies that we we all thought uh, you know perhaps five or ten years ago were 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 pipe dreams The, the the car companies if you consider the combined investment of all the car companies around the world in in autonomous drive there is considerable technology ready to ready to go so i think the technology in the motor vehicle can deliver the sorts of autonomous drive that we all thought perhaps in the past was impossible I think the determining factor is going to be uh, is, is society and, and legal requirements and regulation and our road infrastructure is ready to make the full use of the technologies that the car companies have got ready. And that's the time factor that I'm concerned about. So, you know, I'm in my mid-50s. The full autonomous drive capacity for, for uh, an everyday use of lots of autonomous vehicles on the road, I think it's probably 20 years away. Elements of autonomous drive are with us now, and, and they will gradually be incorporated. And customers will be able to use some of those things over the next five to ten years. Will they be able to use all of the full autonomous drive? If, let's call it driverless cars. I think we're still some way off, and, and I'm not sure that we're all ready for the full autonomous drive vehicle in the next twenty years. But uh, I might be—I uh, might be getting a bit old on that regard. <laughs>
0: I'll have to tell my child, my children about it. Maybe they they will experience it in its entirety. Richard, that has been lovely. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, David. And that's Richard Emery from the CEO of Nissan Australia talking about autonomous vehicles and where we might head in the future.